well, this series, let's talk about the good life. What is this, uh, what is this series really about? It's about Galatians chapter 5, 22, the nine fruit of the Spirit. And this is so important because a lot of times people say, Pastor, how do I, how do I know if I'm growing and how do I know if I'm becoming more like Jesus, Jesus Christ? I believe these nine fruit of the Spirit is a great way for you to measure. It's a great way for you to assess in your life and to challenge yourself, to, to surrender more, to grow more, to reflect more on. Now, I'm going to say this to you that I guarantee every single one of us in this room there's, that none of us would get a nine out of nine when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit. I, I know I wouldn't. You know, as we reflect on love and joy and peace, as we reflect on patience, come on, somebody. As we reflect on gentleness and kindness and we reflect on faithfulness and self-control, oh, my gosh, come on, somebody. These are things we're going to jump into over the next couple of weeks and, and really say, God, how do I begin to radiate these in my life? So we're going to talk today, and the intro is walking in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit, what does that mean? It simply means this. I'm putting my hand in the hand of the Holy Spirit, and I'm saying as I'm going in, as, I'm, as I desire, as I want to grow in the fruit of the Spirit, I acknowledge that I cannot do it on my own. There's limitations in me. There's past hurts in me. There's an upbringing in me. There's, there's things that have shaped the way I think. We spoke about this in winning the war in your mind. There's neural pathways. And so there's things that I need you, Holy Spirit, to reveal in me so that I can change. And ultimately, the goal of change is not that I can be just a better person, but that I can be more like Jesus. I want to be more like Jesus. So walking in the Spirit, we're going to start today at Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 uh, to 26. And Paul says this, so I say then, walk in the Spirit. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the, for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Paul starts here, and in fact, if you want to read just how he wrestles with this, you can find that in Romans chapter 7, where Paul says, the things that I should do, I don't. The things I shouldn't do, I do. Paul says, wretched man am I. Who's, who's, who can save me? Who can help me? And then he remembers Jesus Christ. And then Romans 8 verse 1, there's now no condemnation in, for those who are in Christ Jesus. You see, Paul was wrestling, and he says here, he says, inside of you and I, there is our flesh that, has, that lusts after things. Jesus said that in our lives, there's three areas that we lust after. We lust after pride, the pride of life. We lust with our eyes, and we lust with our flesh. And so we, we gotta come to this place of realizing that when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, today, if you're a Christ follower, you've asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, your sins are forgiven. Paul says you're a new creation and you, your spirit man, the, that, that, that side of you that was dead to God is now alive. And now you are aware of God's presence. You, you know the, his peace and his love and his grace has filled your life. And so you are your spirit, your soul, and your flesh. Your spirit man is alive in Christ. But your spirit man wants to please God and your flesh wants to please itself. And Paul says they're they wrestling. In verse 19, and the works 
uh, of the flesh or the fruit, if you want to say, of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresy, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and the like of which I, t- I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Paul puts a list down. He says, just as there's the fruit of the Spirit that you and I, as we're growing in the things of God and the, this fruit is manifesting, there's also fruit of the flesh. And fruit of the flesh is selfish, and it's all about self and idolatry and, and all these things he lists. But he says in verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Why is there no law? Pretty simple, because if you're living out of your spirit, man, Christ has fulfilled the law. And so the law has no right to judge you anymore if you are a Christ follower. He fulfilled the law for you. We look at the law to what? As a reflection of, and it reveals things in our life, but we're not under the condemnation of the law anymore. And those who are Christ, listen to this, have, been, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let's not become conceited, provoking one another and envying One another. Paul says this, that today if you're a Christ follower, he says daily, you're going to lay down your flesh. Temptations are going to come your way. Sometimes I'm like, wouldn't it just be easy, Jesus, if I gave my life to you and I never faced temptation again? Man, it's probably one of the questions I'm going to ask when I get to heaven. But you know what the answer is? The answer is really simple. The answer is if you walk in the Spirit, If you do life through God's strength, God's power, not your power, not your strength, if you do life through God's power, if you put your hand in his, guess what? You can stand against sin. You can stand against temptation because it's not based on you, it's based on him. Paul says, come on. He says, we're called to what? The fruit of the spirit. Well, what is the fruit of the spirit? Let's talk about that for a second. You know, uh, every tree produces a fruit. My brother-in-law is a citrus farmer. Cindy's family has citrus farms. They've got lemon trees. They've got navels. They've got clementines. I didn't realize there's so many different kinds of citrus, and there's a whole bunch of others as well. But when he goes to a lemon tree, he doesn't walk up and say, I wonder if this season... We're going to get some bananas. Or to an orange tree and say, I wonder if we're going to get some mangoes. Why? Because a tree produces its fruit. And why is the fruit of the Spirit so important? Because the fruit of the Spirit is a manifestation of the work of the Holy Spirit within us. Love is not something that I I just want to do. It's something that I'm called to do. Why? Because love reflects the nature of God. Now, uh, as we go into this series, I want to 
I'm going to have a phrase through this series that I think is so important, and I don't want you to misuse this phrase. But the goal in this series is what? The goal is more about becoming than doing. It is more about becoming and less about doing. As we go into the fruit of the Spirit, it's not about works, but works have a role. Pastor, I don't understand. Let me break it down for you. The goal of this series is as we look at love, love is not something that we do. We need to become love. Why? Because God is love. God, love is not what God does. Love is who he is. And as you and I begin to, in this series, press into the fruit of the Spirit, every fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, long-suffering, all these things, faithfulness, all these things are who God is, not what God does. So in the next 10 weeks, I'm hoping and praying that your revelation or understanding of who God is will change. Because there's some of you in this room, you don't believe God loves you. And let me tell you, because you don't believe God loves you, it's very hard for you to love people. But when you begin to understand how much God loves you, why? Because he is love, that's his very nature. And if he is love, guess what? He cannot not love. Yes. That's important. Well, God, I, I hope today that you're not mad at me because I did this sin and maybe you don't love me today. No, no, God cannot not love you because it goes against his very nature. It's like God is holy. It's not something he does, it's who he is. But in his holiness, as he looked at the brokenness of humanity, you know what he did? He sent his son Jesus to die and pay the price for sin, Romans chapter 6, 23. Why? That you and I could become holy through the works of Jesus, and now we can have relationship with a holy God. God's holiness never changes. It's who he is. But he made a way for you and I who were unholy, who were sinners, who missed his mark, to have relationship with him. Why? How? Through Jesus. And so as we go into the fruit of the Spirit, it's more the posture of our heart should be, Lord, I want to become more like you. If you are love, out of my relationship and understanding of you as love, I want to love others. God is a, a joy. God, you are joy. And God, out of my relationship with you, God, I'm, I'm receiving this joy because joy is who you are. And now I can have joy in this world. And no matter what goes on in this world and the struggles, I can still have joy. See, it's not about doing, it's about becoming. Now, I don't want you to say, well, pastor, does that mean I'm just going to go through this series and there's no I mustn't put this into action. No, you're going to put it into action. But as you put it into action, it flows out of your relationship with God. Yes. Flows out for your relationship with God. Let's go to John 15 today. Chapter, John 15, verse 1, and listen to what Jesus said. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit... He takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, why? So that it may bear more fruit. I love that verse. That verse is a, 
it's a, it's, a, it's a heavy passage right there, just those verses. And we're still going to unpack the next ones. But you know what this verse is saying very clearly? That bearing fruit is not optional. Bearing fruit is not optional. If you're a Christian, a Christ follower, Jesus is the vine and you're connected to the vine. And what does a branch do on a tree? It produces fruit. And I love what Jesus says. He says, my father does what? He's the vine dresser. The branches that don't bear fruit, the branches that in a sense are dead, not in relationship, he cuts off. And those that, that are bearing fruit, he will prune. Why? So that you bear more fruit. And I don't know about you, but I don't like it when God prunes me. But I re I'm starting to realize the more he prunes me and disciplines and convicts me, the more, the more I'm just in his word and I, I read certain things and I go, ouch, oof, not doing good in that area. What is he doing? He's pruning me. But why is he pruning me? Because he wants me to bear more fruit. Yes. I want to say something now really quick. It's so important. Side note. I just picked it up now. My father is the vine dresser. What is that Jesus saying? My father is the gardener. And it's my father's job to what? Do the pruning. Yes. And I just want to stop for a second and say, church, it's not your job to prune others. Sometimes we, we're more worried about others' fruits and pruning instead of worrying about our branch. Here's the question today. How's your branch? How's your branch? How's your branch? Verse three, you are already clean, Jesus said, because the word which I have spoken to you. Verse four, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and he's, and he's withered and, and they gather them and throw them into the fire. And what? They are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask uh, what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. Oh, I love that. Jesus literally saying, the moment that you said yes to Jesus, forgive me of my sins, you are my savior. You died on the cross for my sins that, that I could be free of this, the shame and the guilt and the things I've done wrong, that I'm not just forgiven, but through the blood of Jesus, that I now become a new creation. The old is gone. I am free. There's no condemnation anymore. But through that decision, now I am grafted into, into the vine. I am a branch. I'm in Christ, and Christ is in me. I have a relationship with Jesus. He is my shepherd. That's what Jesus said. My sheep know my voice, and they follow me. We've got a shepherd who's guiding us. We're doing life through him. And he says that as long as you stay connected to me, you're going to bear fruit in your life. Transformation will continue in your life, but it starts by what? Being grafted, abiding 
in me. Why is the fruit of the Spirit so important? I want to give you two reasons really quick. Number one, the fruit of the Spirit defines our character. Pastor, what character should I have as a Christ follower? The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the, the characters, characteristics that should define you as a Christ follower. Now, let me tell you something. I know that there's, as we look at those, that list, we go, Pastor, there's some I fall short in. That's why the joy is this, salvation. When you say yes to Jesus, it's the starting point. You're now grafted into the vine, doing relationship with Jesus. And as you're doing that, transformation happens and you produce fruit. You grow more. Just think about it for a second. Remember before you said yes to Jesus? You remember that old person that hopefully you've laid down under the water in water baptism? Remember the old you, how selfish that old you was? How critical the old you was? How Give me, give me, give me. You were a taker and not a giver. Remember how hard it was for you to love people, to forgive people, to be patient with people? Well, what happened? You are growing as you follow Jesus. Why? Because we're putting on these, the fruit of the Spirit. is becoming our character. The second reason why the fruit of the Spirit is so important is not just defines our character, but it describes our conduct. This is how we are to act. We're to act in love. We're to act in joy, in patience. This defines our conduct. And so this is so important to God. Guess what? You know what the Holy Spirit will do as you walk with this Holy Spirit? He's gonna convict you in these areas. And it's not to bring judgment on you. It's conviction is not to condemn you. Conviction is to remind you that you're grafted into a vine and that your life is called to produce fruit. And so when we get conviction in our life where maybe, you know what, we're, we're like, I always like to joke about the 10 with, I don't know why, we still have construction. I've been here a year and a half. Like how much more construction? And someone cuts you off and the old nature wants to do something, but the Holy Spirit in you is just have some patience. You start to think the old nature goes, they're a blankety blank. And the Spirit of God says, pray for them because maybe it's an emergency. Or maybe they just, you know, how come it is that when we come to Jesus, we forget that sinners act like sinners. And that we once were like that. See, the fruit of the Spirit is there to define the character of whom I'm to become more like Jesus. But it also defines my conduct, how I am to act and live out in a world that is dark and hurting and broken. So how do we grow? How do we grow in the fruit of the Spirit? As we go into this 10 weeks, there's gonna be things you're gonna wrestle with. I wanna give you three things. How do we grow in the fruit of the Spirit? Number one, if you're taking notes, make a choice. Make the choice. We need to correct that. Make the choice. Make the choice. Pastor, what are you talking about? What choice? Paul said it this way. You have a flesh, and then you have the spirit man inside of you. 
The side of you that wants to please God. The side of you right now saying, ooh, I need the fruit of the Spirit in my life right now. I need to grow in love. I want to be more like Jesus. And then the flesh here is, well, it's all about you. You do love enough. You do. You are a good person. The flesh is trying to make excuses for the spirit. There's a tug of war going on here. Make the choice. Let me explain the choice to you. I believe in life there's two trees. And you've got to choose which one you're going to bow your heart to. The first tree is the tree of self. Oh, Pastor, where, where do you get that? Let's go to Genesis really quick. Genesis chapter 2, verse 9, and the Lord made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and, 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 and uh, pleasing to the eye and good for food. And in the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of knowledge and of good and evil. And Genesis chapter 2, verse 17, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. And we know the story, if you've read it in the Bible, what did Adam and Eve do? They ate the fruit from the tree. Well, why did they do that? Because they wanted to please self. Because the devil came to them and said, hey, did God really say? Let me tell you something. If you just take a bite of that fruit, you're going to be like God. You'll be like God. But they had forgotten that when God created them, what did God say? Let us make man in our image. They were already made in the image of God. But it wasn't enough for them. And so what did they do? They went to that tree of self. I call it the tree of self where they disobeyed God. Their flesh led them there. But then there's another tree in the Bible that I love. In fact, let me read some verses about this tree. Acts chapter 5 verse 30. The God of our father raised up Jesus whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Acts 13, 29, and when, they had, and when they had fulfilled all that was written concerning him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a to, to, uh, tomb. Galatians 3, 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we may have having died to sins, might live for the righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. You see, in John 15, Jesus is talking about a vine and branches, and he's saying, come on, when you give, your, when you give my li- your life to me and you're willing to follow me and make me your Lord and Savior, you're grafted into a vine. I am the vine, you're the branches, but, he's, but we have to make that choice to be grafted in. We got to, Every day we have the choice of, am I going to go to the tree of self and give the heart, it's all about me, or am I going to go to the tree of bowing my knee down and saying, it's all about you, Jesus. It's not about me. It's not about me. Every day we have a choice. What are we going to bow down to? What are we going to give our hearts to? Jesus, to the things of this world that we're chasing after. 
It's a choice we all face. If we want to grow, if we want to grow in the fruit of the Spirit, if we want to get to that place of the love of God, the joy of God, the peace of God, if we want to grow in patience and gentleness and kindness, all these things happen when we stay grafted into the vine because it's God transforming us. So we're taking uh, notes, point number two. So number one, I've got to make that choice. Number two, I've got to choose to surrender. As you go into this series with the fruit of the Spirit, man, it, I'm going to tell you, as you jump into this, you're going to come out of this blessed, you're going to come out of this growing, but you're going to be challenged. You're going to be challenged because the Holy Spirit will show you some people you need to love, and you're going to be like, Lord, I, 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 I can't love them. And he's going to say, yes, you can't, but if you stay grafted in me, you can. John uh, 15, we just read a powerful verse where, where Jesus said that if you abide in me, you know, abiding is not based on a feeling or an emotion, it's a choice. He says, abide in me, abide in me is a verb, it's action. It's God, I need to be, I need to abide in you. In you I live and move and have my being. You, you are my shepherd, you are my king, you are my Lord. You, you, I, I'm called to follow you and I, I need to surrender every day. There's decisions and things coming and temptations. And God, I'm surrendering to you. It's the word that we don't like to talk about much, it's the word obedience. God, I want to be obedience to your leading. Holy Spirit, help me. You know, the... Galatians chapter 5, 16, Paul says it this way. So I say, walk in the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Walk in the spirit. What does that mean? The Holy Spirit, the Greek term is parakletos. I spoke about this in the first Sunday in January. You can go see it on our website. The Holy Spirit, parakletos, the one who comes alongside the helper, the Holy Spirit's role in my life is to teach me, to convict me, to guide me, to open as I read scripture. He's, he's opening my mind to the will of God, to understand who God is, the parakletos. And Jesus said to his disciples before he ascended, it's good that I go. Why? Because as I ascend, I will send the Holy Spirit who will be in you. You are now the temple. Why? How do I become unholy sin in me? How do I become the temple of God's spirit? Easy, Jesus Christ died for my sins, I'm forgiven, I'm redeemed, I'm righteous. Now I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not an it, church, he's a person. Let me just say that. It's the person of the Holy Spirit that we put our hand in, paracletos alongside, and now we say, help me to walk. I don't wanna go to the desires of the flesh. I don't wanna sin anymore. I wanna be more like Jesus, but I know that I need you in my life, it's surrendering, it's inviting. As we go into this journal, I wanna encourage you when you go into the devotion for the day, Holy Spirit, you're with me. Would you teach me today? Would you reveal to me today how I can become more like Jesus? The areas that I need to lay down in my life, would you show me how to heal from that pain and I can receive that healing that Jesus died for? Would you show me, Holy Spirit? I'm, I'm, I'm inviting you. Spending time in prayer. So I'm surrendering, just saying, God, I want to be in this journal. I want to be in prayer. I want to be in your word. 
God, would you begin to show me the areas? What do I need to lay down? So number one, I'm, I've got to make the choice. What am I going to bow my heart to every day? The things of this world, the things that my flesh are going after. Or am I going to bow my heart to Jesus? Am I going to surrender every day and say, Holy Spirit, come alongside me. Teach me. Help me to get to know you. Teach me how to recognize your voice in my life. Why? Because I want my character to reflect the fruit of the Spirit. Why do I want that? Because the fruit of the Spirit is the nature of God. I want my conduct to reflect the fruit of the Spirit so that people see Jesus in me. And then number three, and this is so important, embrace transformation. You've got to choose. Make the choice. You'll be willing to surrender daily to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And then number three, embrace transformation. Salvation, I said, is the beginning point. Yes, forgive me of my sins. Be my Lord and Savior. I'm now a child of God. But now I'm grafted into a vine and producing fruit is not optional. Through my relationship with Jesus, transformation begins to happen. Romans uh, chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We spoke about that in winning the war on your mind, is that there's so many things in our mind, the Holy Spirit's going to begin to say, that pathway's wrong or that thought's wrong, and hey, come on, surrender that and lay it down. Let's begin to replace those, those, that's those selfish thoughts and that, that, that selfishness in you. And there's the reality, every single one of us, you know what the Bible says? Every single one of us left to ourselves is wicked. Isn't that amazing? Talk about transparency. Every one of us in this room if we were left to ourselves without God, yes. his forgiveness, his mercy, you know what our nature would be? We're wicked. I was going to say, turn to your neighbor and tell them they're wicked. But if you're a Christ follower, you're not wicked anymore. You're forgiven. Amen? Yes. <laughs> but left to ourselves, we're all wicked. But by God's grace and mercy, he redeemed us and restored us. And now he wants to transform us to be more like him. Why? Because in the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, Genesis 1.1, how do you know that? That was the verse my daughter had to learn this week. We said it so many times. But God said, let us make man in our image. Left to yourself, you're wicked, but you're grafted into a vine. You're a branch, you're connected to Jesus. And now, he simply says this, become more like me. It's not about doing, it's about becoming. It's about transformation. It's about Holy Spirit, change me. See, in this transformation I'm talking about, it's not in your strength. It's not in your power. That's why it's called the fruit of the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit working in you. It's not your strength. It's not your power. It's your surrender. Saying, come, Holy Spirit. Make me more like Jesus. 
because you might be the only Jesus your neighbor sees. You might be the only Jesus your colleague sees. So as we go into this series, let's start by saying, Holy Spirit, I want to walk with you. Change me from the inside out. Because so often we're like, God, change the outside. God's like, let me change the inside. Let me show you how to live. Jesus said in John 10.10, I came to give you life and life overflowing. A life that make a difference. Bearing fruit, it's not optional. Flows out of a relationship with Jesus. It's every eyes closed and head is bowed. Today, if you know that you're not grafted into the vine, today, if you know that you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, my friend, I'm just gonna tell you, you're missing out on so much. If you know today that you've never bowed your heart to the tree, the cross, and you've never invited Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, maybe you did it years ago, but you know that as a branch that you've been detached from Jesus because you've gone after the things and you've done stupid things and you've sinned and God knows all of that. But yes, the good news today, God is love. It's not what he does, it's who he is. And he loves you, my friend. He loves you right now. Well, pastor, my life's a mess and you don't know. I don't need to know. All I need to tell you is Jesus loves you. And Paul says that today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of forgiveness. Today is the day of healing. Today is the day of freedom. And my challenge is to you, don't leave this place the way you came in. Let Jesus be the vine and you the branch connected to him. If you want to see your life change, my friend, I'm going to tell you straight out, you need Jesus. You can't do it without him. He's ready to forgive you of your sins. He's ready to wash you clean. He's ready to give you a brand new start. He's willing to, he's ready to, to graft you in. He's going to step into the mess, the storm, the challenge, the brokenness of your life right now and do something amazing. But you've got to invite him in. The Bible says that if you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, the Bible says you will be saved. Not you could, could be, not you might be, you will be. So if that's you today, if you just know, Pastor, I've never asked Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. Hey, Pastor, I'm, I'm, I've wandered off. I'm not connected to the vine today. I'm not connected to Jesus, but I want to be. If that's you, his eyes are closed and heads are bowed, I'm going to ask you to slip your hand up quick. I'm going to pray for you. I'm not going to bring you up front. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I want to pray for you because today's the day that you need to say yes to Jesus. If you want change, you've got to say yes to Jesus. There's no one looking around. Thank you, ma'am. I see your hand. I'm going to go across the room. If that's you, today's your day. Jesus is tugging on your heart, then don't miss this opportunity. Thank you, ma'am. Got two hands already, three in the back. I see you. So anybody else today as I'm going around? Four, five, beautiful. Six, I see you, ma'am. See, why raise your hand? Because you're raising your heart to heaven. The Bible says that in heaven, there's a celebration over one person that says, we got six, seven. Anybody else today saying, today's my day. I need Jesus. Anybody upstairs? I want to make sure. I believe I see a hand. Yep, eight. Beautiful. Anybody else? 
going around. You've got eight hands. Anybody else today? I've counted you, young man. I love your energy. Anybody else today? I've got eight. I'm going to go one more time. I don't Nine. Beautiful, ma'am. Beautiful. Today's the greatest day of your life. It's the, the turnaround, the change. Ten. There's an exchange happening. You're taking your brokenness and you're giving to him today. Online, you can click as well. Eleven. Thank you, sir. See, you're doing this to Jesus. You're saying, Jesus, today's my day. I admit I need you. One last time across the room. I don't want to miss anybody. I've got 11 hands today. Anybody else? 11 people saying, today's my day. Today's my day. Today's my day. Today's my day. Beautiful. 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 Can we give those 11 a hand right now? Come on. Come on. This right now is the most important time. The most important time of this service is right now. So look, I want you all church to pray with me. We're almost done, but this is a sacred moment. We're going to pray right now. And I want you churches to pray with these people, to encourage them. So I'm going to ask everybody to repeat after me, nice and loud. Lord Jesus, I thank you today that you died on the cross for my sins and my failures. I ask you, Jesus, to forgive me of my sins. Thank you today for washing my life clean. I am forgiven, and today I can say that I am a child of God. Thank you, Jesus, that you are with me. You are my shepherd. You are my king. Holy Spirit, come and fill my life. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's give them a hand one more time. If you, uh, if you said yes to Jesus, I'm gonna encourage you to, uh, we have a number you can get your phone out and text to. We'd love to call you. We'd love to pray with you. Uh, there's uh, text yes to Christ to the number 77411 and hopefully they'll get it on the screens too. But in your seat pocket, there's a little card that says yes to Christ. If you said yes to Christ, I'm gonna encourage you today to fill this out. And then when you walk out, there's a little drop box in the back wall. Just drop that in the box there. We'd love to follow up with you. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to just walk with you as you move forward into everything God has for you. Well, let's all stand to our feet this morning and I'm gonna pray a blessing over you. If you need any prayer or wanna talk with anybody, our prayer team will be up front here. They would love to pray with you. And so let's pray together as we close. Father God, I thank you today for everyone that's standing before me and online. I thank you today that you love us so much. God, thank you today that it's not in our strength that we'll become more like Jesus. It's through laying our lives down. It's by choosing to follow you. God, as we jump into this Good Life series, we ask you to speak to us. We ask you to shape us. As we go out this week, help us to love more. Help us to be more patient and gentle. Show us, the, show us the areas, Holy Spirit, that you want us to grow in. Thank you today. It's not about doing, it's about becoming. We want to become more like you, Jesus. I pray a blessing over each family, over every person in this room and online. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.